Well, good morning, Calvary. Great to see you here today. So glad that you're here. And uh, not only want to welcome those of you that are here in Auditorium 1, but those of you that are in Auditorium 2, and also those of you that are joining us in the chapel in our generation service, those of you watching online, we're so glad that you're all here with us today. Exciting day. Today we launch our Mission Summit. If you've not been around before for one of these weeks, this is one of the most important weeks in our year because during this week we talk about God's heart and his love for people and his desire that everyone knows him as Lord and Savior. In fact, our theme this week really uh, resonates with that, so all can hear. That's our desire, so that all can hear the good news of Jesus Christ. I got a phone call yesterday, and, and, and see if you can track my logic on this. I got a phone call yesterday that I did not know I was expecting. Like, it was this call that came, and my phone was on vibrate, and I felt it kind of move, and I wanted to ignore it, especially in the moment when it came, but I thought, you know what? I better check this. I better see what this is, and I'm so glad I did because it was an important call. It was one I did not want to miss, even though I was quick to dismiss it in the moment. It was a call that was coming that I did not know I was expecting. And our prayer has been that you might receive a, a call of some kind, that the Spirit might speak to your heart in a way like that today. We're going to hear from our different missions guests, and I know that the things you're going to hear, you're going to have the opportunity not only to see the ways in which God is working literally around the world and right here in Toledo, but the opportunity for God to speak to your heart. So I just ask, would you keep your heart open? Be ready. Be listening for the way that the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life as we hear from our guests today. And first, we want to introduce to you some folks that uh, we're excited about the things that God is starting and doing in their life, through their life. Would you give a great big welcome today to Greg and Sarah Owens. Well, guys, it is a privilege for us to have you here, Sarah. This is your first time at Calvary. Yes, it is. Greg, I know you were with us, what, this last spring, I think. And, uh, you know, Scripture says that we are to go to the ends of the earth, and from Toledo to where you're going is, uh, is kind of the ends of the earth. And we're privileged to have you here. Talk to us a little bit about what uh, God has opened up for you guys to do. Yeah, thanks so much for allowing us to be here. Calvary actually was one of the very first churches that uh, brought us on for support and encouraged us from the very beginning last year. And so we are so thankful for you, and it has just meant so much to us. But we are uh, brand new missionaries with the Assemblies of God, and we are going to Durban, South Africa, and we are a part of a brand new initiative called Urban Tribes. And uh, the goal of Urban Tribes is to plant churches in every major city on the continent of Africa, uh, because Africa is the fastest urbanizing region region in the world now. And uh, so we're going to be going and starting a hub in Durban. And between our church and one up in Ethiopia, we're going to be planting churches in every major city on the continent. And so uh, we are excited to be able to go and to be a part of what's taking place over there. You know, I think, I think we get certain ideas about what missions is and where missionaries come from. And your story is, is pretty unique. Share with us the, the journey that God's had you on to get to, to this point. Uh, my parents were missionaries in Iquitos, Peru, when I was a baby, so I was there with them for a year. They were then teachers in a small Eskimo village in Alaska, so I'm the oldest of four daughters, and our family um, spent many years there. I went all the way through um, my whole entire schooling, uh, graduating from a class size of 12 in a high school of 50 kids in this small Eskimo village, and so I... Um, I grew up in a Christian household, loving the Lord and just really seeking a way um, to serve him um, and didn't quite know what capacity that would take. But I remember growing up in this small village thinking, I'm just a girl from a small town and what can God do with me? And um, I went to Miami University of Ohio for college and met Greg there. Um, he was a business major and I was a microbiology major. I'm a scientist by training. I have a doctorate in neuroscience and I did genetics research. And so at the time that I met Greg um, and we fell in love, um, he was a business major and I was a scientist and little did we know what God had in store for us. So let me just get this straight real quick. Born in Peru, grew up in Alaska. Born, so born in uh, Ohio. Okay. When I was five weeks old, my parents took me back to Peru. So I was there with them yeah, that for a year. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, and, a, and a doctor, geneticist by trade. So you saw Greg and said, this guy's got good genes. And, and that, yeah. I was, okay. I was an easy target. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. better myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've been around the world looking that's for right. him. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. awesome. Plus, that's why our kids look so cute anyway, because we made them that way. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's true. It's true. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, oh, it's amazing. You know. And I. I mean, I had to just. I mean, it was. I had to seek after her for a while. Actually, is what it was before she ended up getting me. But she saw the light, and we're good now. So he, he was a freshman. I couldn't yeah. date him while he was a freshman. <laughs> But, yeah, two years after we got married, uh, we were in Nashville, Tennessee, where Sarah was going to uh, graduate school at Vanderbilt, and uh, felt like God was calling me into the ministry, and that was something that I did not have on my radar, and I've loved the Lord, uh, just like Sarah had said from a young age, but, um, but wasn't really expecting that, but we knew there was a genuine call of the Lord and went on staff at a church in the Nashville, Tennessee area. And was there for about six years. And during those six years, we were able to go on eight trips uh, around the world on short-term mission trips. And our second one that we took together was to Kenya. And then we knew that something else was happening and that God was calling us into more of a full-time missions appointment. But we weren't exactly sure how to go about doing that and what was going to take place. We were just really praying and seeking, you know, I was a scientist married to a pastor. We were kind of like the odd couple, and we didn't know what what God could, could do with us. But we just knew that everything we had, the giftings and abilities that, that we firmly believe God placed in us and had given to us, we wanted to give back to the Lord and ask, Lord, how can you use these for your service? And I want to tell you, God is a creative God. He's a wonderfully creative God. And at the time came when I graduated and was looking for my next job, there was a research fellowship for me to do cancer genetics research at the University of Cape Town in South Africa. So we got to go and live in South Africa for two years, which was really a desire of our hearts after taking short-term trips to really live long-term and be invested in the people and the culture and really have a genuine understanding of South Africa. Um, we just completely fell in love with South Africa and we're really anxious to get back and return with our kids and serve where we call home. And, and we're excited about that, too. Uh, about five years ago, we had, uh, I think, three teams from Calvary that went and did ministry in South Africa. And so exciting to see what God has ahead for you. I'm going to guess that as you step into this, this role of starting not only one new church, but a, but a center that's going to be a part of reaching more and more people so that all can hear, there's some, there's some challenges that come with that. As, as you're starting this new adventure, how can we pray with you? Yeah, a few things are, I mean, we are finishing up our time here in the States, so we're hoping to be in uh, South Africa at the end of next month, and so um, so the church that we're helping launch is starting in January, so we've got some deadlines we've got to be over there for, but just be praying as we're transitioning out here and sorting through our final things. We just sold our house about a week and a half ago, so now we are completely free to move whenever we need to, and uh, pray for our team that's actually over there. We're a part of a team that has eight uh, missionary units on it, so there's families in Single adults, and half of them are already over there in Durban. Uh, they've been laying the groundwork for several months now, and uh, we're ready to go over. But we're looking for a facility right now, and we've got some good um, leads on that. So hopefully, we'll have a place to start the church in January. But uh, but yeah, there's a lot going on to, to pray for. And you know, your your story is a unique one in in that you know beginnings in business and in science, and then God's leading you on this journey. I think oftentimes God stirs in our hearts and we think, well, I don't know that I'm the right person for this, or I don't know if this is the thing that I'm supposed to be doing. If somebody sensed that God was, was calling them, whether it's a radical move, kind of like w what you guys have made literally to the other end of the world, or if it's just for them to step out of their comfort zone and do something new for him, how would you encourage someone who feels like maybe God is, is uh, moving in them to, to step out? Yeah, for me, it, we know how you feel, <laughs> and um, and it's not an easy process to go through. Ours has been a process since two thousand and five. Uh, kind of when we went on that first trip to Kenya. And so, but you have to remember that God is faithful. And if he calls you to do something, he will provide and he will take care of you. And he has done that over and over in our lives. And so um, he can be trusted and he has to be trusted. Uh, but two, if he's, if he's called you to do something and you know that it is of the Lord, um, you don't have any other option but to do it. Um, otherwise, that's a bad place to be and in your walk with the Lord when you tell him no. So um, you have to prepare and, and, and do what God calls you to do. And Anything that you give up, give up, or sacrifice is totally worth um, the benefits of what God has for you and the work that he has for you. Because we're living in these last days, and we have to tell everyone about the Lord so everyone can hear. I just want to add, when you feel like you're inadequate in my life, I found that that is kind of exactly where God wants you to be because then you are more receptive to allowing him to work through you, and only God gets the credit and the glory, which, which he should. Good. For all of our guests today out in the atrium, we have tables that are set up. And I would encourage you, 
If you hear something today that just kind of resonates with you, that you'll stop by, pick up a prayer card, join with them in what God's called them to do. And if you have a question about how God might be moving in your life, this is, this is a great group of folks to talk with and, uh, and to be encouraged by. Sarah, Greg, thank you so much. We're honored to have you here. Once again, would you show your appreciation to Owens this morning? Again, our theme this week is so all can hear from all walks of life from all over the world. And it's great to have with us uh, Martin Hall and his friend Cody. And uh, Martin leads a ministry that is so vitally important in our community. And it's all over the, the country. It's called Live Challenge. And so, uh, Martin and Cody, we, we welcome you. And uh, Martin, tell us about Live Challenge and why it's so important uh, for the Toledo area. Yeah, so Life Challenge is a ministry. It's a residential program that helps individuals that are struggling with addiction. We offer up to 12 months of residential services. Uh, I'm sure that many of you are aware of the heroin epidemic that's going on here in the Toledo area. Matter of fact, from Toledo to Flint, uh, Highway 75 Underground is actually known as Heroin Highway. Uh, in this area, we are losing uh, upwards of 24 individuals per month to, to uh, uh, opiate uh, overdoses. And so... Um, the Lord has called my wife and I down here to, uh, and this is not my wife, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, right. Uh, but, uh, um, but he called us down to, uh, you know, to, to uh, work with those that are struggling with addiction. I myself actually went through the program 20 years ago and have worn that T-shirt, and, uh, and God has called me out of that lifestyle and, uh, and has helped me have a heart for individuals that are struggling with addiction Cody here actually graduated uh, within the last six months. He actually serves uh, as an intern in our program uh, now. Tell us a little bit about your story. Um, a little bit about me. Where do we start? Well, I grew up in a single-parent household. I had a father who was uh, addicted to painkillers, so I grew up around that type of environment. found myself hanging out in the streets a lot more than at home, and uh, I ran away a lot. Um, the courts got involved. And I got shipped up north, well, we count it as up north, but it's really in the middle of the mitten, um, to a place out by Mount Pleasant, living with my grandmother, then with my aunt, then back with my grandmother. And um, from there, it was rocky. I found myself uh, indulging in a lot of, you know, teenage lifestyles that they get involved in. And uh, I got kicked out my senior year, and by my senior year, I, uh, I lost hope and grip on reality. Um, I moved out with my mother, who uh, really wasn't there with me growing up, so I feel like she kind of, you know, enabled me a lot as an adult. She did things that she probably, she tried to make up for when she wasn't there. And by 19 years old, when I was living out there with her, I got involved with somebody whose father was involved with some other people, and I started smoking uh, methamphetamines. And uh, a couple psych ward visits, a couple suicide attempts, I... Ended up in Life Challenge by the age of 24. Um, upon being there, I have uh, I found hope, I, uh, a knowledge of who I am in Christ and my purpose within life. Um, like I said, uh, I grew up really angry and depressed as an individual. You know, there I got taken off all my uh, antidepressants and. Slowly but surely, God has revealed to me things and paths where I should go. And, uh, yeah, he's just working not only within me but with other men in that facility. And you can see it. So That's awesome. Yeah. Amen. So, Cody, we're, we're proud of you and, and proud of the commitment and the choices that you make every day uh, to honor God. And, uh, uh, Martin, thank you for your leadership uh, with Life Challenge and Tell us about the program. Uh, how does it work? Yeah, so uh, what we're dealing with is individuals that actually have almost zero discipline in their lives. And so uh, when they enter our program, it's kind of a culture shock. There's a lot of discipline. Uh, and not discipline as in like spanking or anything like that. There's just rules. It, you know, and, and uh, most of us have, when we come in, we didn't have any rules in our lives. And so uh, for the men, uh, first day is 
quite a wake up, especially it starts at 5.45 in the morning and lights out at 9.45 in the evening, and they're tired by the time they, they finish uh, the day. Um, Monday through Friday, they have chapel five days a week, um, you know, for an, at least an hour and a half, 8, 8 to 9.30, I think. Yeah, 8 to 9.30, chapel uh, every day, and then they have two one-hour courses of classes where they actually do, uh, they do get graded. There's the homework, uh, there's a lot of scripture memorization that's involved, there's testing. Uh, you do have to pass the classes in order to advance in the program. Uh, so th that's the major portion of our, our uh, program is, is academic. We want to be able to see uh, individuals in their lives, you know, washed with the word of the, you know, of, of the Bible. And so um, that's what changes uh, our lives. I can actually say that that's what changed my life was, was learning uh, Ephesians 2.10. Uh, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared beforehand and realizing uh, that, you know, Christ had actually written out a plan for my life before he ever said, let there be light. And so, uh, and that's, you know, I'm not the only one that he did that for. He, he wrote that out for every one of us. And so uh, it's introducing individuals to that, uh, to the, what Christ has, has written out for them. So uh, you're leading a, a, a new life challenge uh, ministry here in Toledo. So, mm -hmm. so tell us wh where we're at with that. Yeah. So, uh, what I've done, uh, you know, or what God has done, uh, you know, the past couple of years, I actually started about two years ago. And, and what is um, what's happening is I'm able to go in and uh, into the jails as well as I work with Cherry Street Mission. I have an office down there, uh, and just go in and help individuals that are struggling with addiction. Uh, part of what I do is, is I actually get to lead a couple of different uh, addiction recovery groups, which I lead one here on Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Uh, to 8 uh, over in 106C, I think. Um, and uh, anyways, so, uh, you know, helping individuals kind of learn what God has for them and teaching them how to study the Bible and just reaching out. Where we're at is we're actually looking, we have a vision of, of creating a, a house uh, to rescue women, uh, to, be able to, to be able to stay anywhere from 7 to 30 days, to be able to help them uh, get one, to get out of their environment and then help them get through the testing, get through the, the detox situation, uh, as well as help them be able to place their children because a good portion of them come with children and and they don't want to be in our program. Trust me on that. So, um, but you know, we want to we want to be able to help facilitate them and set them up for success. Uh, and so, Cody, if 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 someone here is listening online or in this in this service, and and they're struggling with addiction, um, and uh, would consider life challenge, uh, what would you say to them? Why why should they uh, uh, become a student? Um. To start off, it's very, like he said, it's really disciplined. So you better brace yourselves if you want to make this choice. Why you should do it is because we live in a broken world and we live in a, in a society where a lot of people are searching for their identity in things that, you know, ultimately just leave them empty. Whether it's drugs, whether it's, you know, just anything really. And, uh, when you realize the truth that's behind the gospel and the good news, and you come to an understanding of who God is, so much worth and value and virtue is restored within somebody's soul. So that's why I say join it. That's enough. <laughs> wow. So a part of our week for Mission Summit is tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, we're having an open house here in the atrium. You can come, have some cookies and coffee. Good combo, isn't that? And uh, hang out with our missionaries for a little bit, get better acquainted. And then uh, about 7.30, we're going to move down to the chapel. And uh, Live Challenge is going to host an evening for us. You're going to hear more testimonies, hear some incredible things shared that will, that will just be so encouraging for us to hear. So make sure you're with us uh, tomorrow night as well. Uh, Martin mentioned the uh, recovery group on Tuesday nights. Uh, if you need recovery, if you know someone, Tuesday nights at 6.30 as well. If you are a parent or a loved one of an addicted uh, child, we have a support group for parents of addicted loved ones. So that takes place at Tuesday nights as well. So thanks so much, guys, for being with us. Uh, would you recognize them, uh, Martin and Cody, today?
Well, we are privileged to welcome back to Calvary, John and Michelle Wellborn, and uh, excited to have your family with us. And Michelle is actually in Cleveland today, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. She is speaking at a church there, but we're privileged to have you guys here. You were actually here and a part of our missions home, uh, I think in 2007, 10 years ago. And so 10 years ago, this wasn't our home. And when I saw Michelle last night, she said, you know, the last time I walked into this building, there was a giant picture of Homer Simpson on the wall. And uh, we said, yeah, we took, we took that down. Yeah, we, we took that down. But uh, you guys have had an exciting journey into missions. Tell us a little bit about your, your backstory. Well, as Pastor mentioned, they had a, it, it was a whole couch. I'm going to find the picture. I, I told Pastor Bill, it's, I know I have it on a hard drive somewhere, but it was a whole couch you could sit with the Simpsons. Um, anyway. <laughs> uh, mission. They don't attend here. They, no, I don't know where no, they go no. to church, but it's not here. It's yeah. another Springfield. Yeah. <laughs> um, missions is in our blood. Uh, Michelle, for those of you who don't know, Michelle's parents are Don and Terry Triplett in El Salvador. Uh, King's Castle Ministries now is in 32 countries. She grew up on the mission field. We've had uh, multiple teams from Calvary yeah. go and take part in uh, in what's happening at King's sure. Castle. Yeah, so so she grew up on the missions field. Also, my grandparents were home missionaries in Alaska. I heard her mention Alaska earlier. I was actually born in Anchorage. Um, and then my dad was the National AIM Director and had been in like 67 countries, I think, leading teenagers on missions trips. Um, and so all of our families, even on both sides, both of Michelle's sisters, one is a missionary in Thailand with their three kids, the other one's a missionary in Nicaragua with their four kids. Uh, my brother's the district youth director in Michigan. My sister and her husband are on the district office staff in Kansas for the state of Kansas. And so we're all in the ministry, but we grew up with this overwhelming missions emphasis, and it's just in our blood. Um, I studied communications. My area of gifting and talent is in media. And so when we were getting married and talking about possibly going to missions, it was like, well, God, I don't know how I could fit in missions. I had been working for a couple of years at the Mickey Gilly Theater in Branson doing video production. I'd been working in a local radio station as well, but, you know, knew I was called into ministry, but didn't really see how that could fit in missions. And so long story short, we went for one year, 17 years ago, and we've stayed. <laughs> so we've been in, in missions now for 17 years. We did seven years in El Salvador with Michelle's parents in King's Castle. Um, I saw the difference that incorporating media in their own production studio, their own media facilities uh, made in Castle, even though it was a huge ministry, it still made a big difference to incorporate that into their ministry. And basically we went to World Missions and I just said, hey, I wanna help as many ministries, as many missionaries as I can. We definitely feel called to Latin America, but we don't really know exactly how we could do this. And they said, um, well, Buenos Aires, Argentina is our largest Bible school in all of Latin America. Uh, and also Argentina is sending more missionaries than all of the other countries combined. So for me, it's the most fertile soil in Latin America is to invest in the Bible school in Buenos Aires. And so I, we went, moved down there. When we stayed here, it was kind of like we just had a vision and an idea. But I'm here now 10 years later to tell you that within the last three years, God has really launched that brought it to fruition. We run about, we run average about 20, 25 students per, per class in the Bible school, and that's about average for all the different, the different departments. Um, and actually, that leads me into what Michelle's been doing. So I, I, I do the media ministry in the Bible school. It's going very well. On the north side of town, there was a local church that wanted to start a TV and radio station. It's just a local station, but because the population is so dense in Argentina, to give you an idea, in the downtown beltway of Buenos Aires, there's almost 3.5 million people. In the state of Buenos Aires, there's about 13 million people. So there's a lot of people. And so they wanted to start just a local TV and radio station. And when we first got it up and running, I drove around town in my Speed the Light truck. And I was listening, trying to hear where our, our limits were, how far we could broadcast. When I got home, I got on the internet and Googled the population of each one of the municipalities that I could pick it up in. And when I did the math, I realized we were broadcasting potentially to over 280,000 people. So even though it's a small station, it's reaching a lot. And then also with the Bible school, that gives us a practical place for the students to go and work. And so I, I'm very involved in that. My two projects are, you know, brick and mortar buildings that I kind of don't leave town. You know, I take care of the kids when Michelle's gone, but that leads to Michelle. Michelle, uh, she's not here right now, but, <laughs> but she's been very active. She's really exploded in ministry these last two years. Um, King's Castle was already in Argentina when we got there. We didn't go to work with King's Castle, but it's her DNA and, and, and partially mine as well. And so we knew all about it, but they weren't working with the children. They were only working with the, with the adults, with teenagers, I should say. Um, and so long story short, one church, the pastor said that the Lord spoke to her and that told her that she needed to get training in children's ministry. And they only had like two or three kids in the church. And she was like, God, why? You know, we've only got a couple kids. What are you talking about? 
And it's a long story, but she invited Michelle to come do their training. And within the first two months, I think about six weeks even, of doing their outreach, they started running over 300 kids in their kids program. So the kids were far outweighing even the adults. It was crazy, the response, and how many were showing up consistently every week. And long story short, one church saw that and wanted to start it. Another church heard about it. We went and talked to the superintendent and said, look, we're not trying to do something different, but God's opening these doors. Is it okay? And they said, yeah, go for it. And so now Michelle, in, in, just in Argentina, has trained over 70 churches in children's ministry, and that's literally hundreds of leaders and then thousands of kids that are coming in through that and through that um, through the fruit of that she was invited to speak at a, a, a big uh, convention in Israel and she went over and spoke on uh, children uh, supernatural children's ministry in Latin America and through that it led to invitations all over Latin America and so she actually was in 13 different countries last year speaking at a lot of like Guatemala she was the speaker for the national children's ministry you know for the whole week uh, conference and then I know Ecuador she's gone over there and spoken twice and then the other countries surrounding us and so not only has God you know been blessing and in, in, in finally coming to pass a vision that I felt like he gave me for the Bible school but then also has opened the doors for her to go even further and so this is you know it's the truth I tell people that this has been the most productive term in in our 17 years in missions I mean it's just been crazy how God's provided when we didn't have funds how he's you know revealed those promises that we kind of just felt like maybe God was trying to say something and um, I, I know the theme is so all can hear and let me just say we're reaching everybody in one way or another. Michelle's got the kids and the teenagers. I've got the young adults and the older adults that are going to be pastors and missionaries. And our goal is to help everybody of all ages because that's what God's leading us to do. And it's just been exciting to see how he opens the opportunity for that. Well, well two things that come to my mind as you're talking, John. One is when Michelle's with us the rest of this week. Yeah. We're yeah, gonna... she'll, she'll be here this afternoon. If you really want to see her, she'll be here by five. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and we'll let her know that when she's not around, you say very nice things about her. And uh, we're going to do that. But also, I think so many times when we think about missions, whether it's because of TV, movies, whatever, we think it's somebody in a safari outfit who treks into the jungle and just starts preaching. And, and I think the uniqueness of what God has called you to do so all can hear in the areas of media, in the areas of reaching children, just allow us to, to remember that even at times when we ask the question, God, can you use the gifts that I have? Can you take me and do something God is able to use our gifts and do extraordinary things if we'll trust in him. We're privileged and honored to partner with the Wellborn. So glad that you're here this week. Would you show your appreciation to John this morning? I'm going to invite the... I've always wanted to have theme music. That was cool. That was, I, I, I'm going to see if we can make that work. Uh, we're we're going to invite the ushers to come at this time, and uh, we are going to wait on you for this morning's tithes and offerings. Thanks so much for your faithfulness in giving. You know, when you give, whether online or with an offering envelope in a service, you know, you can mark and, and say, I, I want to give to the tithe, just that general fund that allows the church to continue to go forward to impact our community events. Like you'll just see about our fall carnival that's coming up. But when you give to missions, we have the opportunity to partner, not, not just with places, but with people that you're meeting today who make a difference for God and in his kingdom. And we're honored to be a part of that. And thank you for your giving. Father, as we give back to you today, we thank you for the gifts that you entrust us with. And now, Lord, we ask that you take these things. Would you bless them, use them to build and further your kingdom? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. so grateful that you chose to worship with us today. After today's service, we hope that you will drop by an area we like to call New Here. There we will be able to answer any questions you may have, get you a little bit more information about who we are, and we even have a small gift to say thank you for taking the time to join us today. Well, fall is officially here, which means we have a full schedule of activities for you and your entire family. With so much going on, we really want to make sure it's as easy as possible for you to keep track of all that's happening so you can make sure not to miss out on anything. Check out our social media for updates on events, activities, and ways that you can be involved in the life change that's taking place here. And don't forget you can download our Calvary Church app to make sure that you never miss a thing. Also, you can pick up October's issue of Calvary News. 
This will lay out every event happening this month so you can stay informed and see what you may be interested in. And as always, if you have any questions or want to get signed up, you can drop by the hub or visit us online at ToledoCalvary.org. And believe it or not, Christmas will be here before you know it. And so we're beginning to hand out our Operation Christmas Child Boxes. This is a chance for you to make a difference for a child in need this Christmas. If you'd be interested in being a part of this amazing opportunity, stop by the hub to get yourself a little bit more information and a shoebox to fill with goodies. Now I want to just take a minute and highlight some of the biggest things happening here at Calvary that you don't want to miss out on. Don't forget, we have another New People Party coming up on October 20th. This is the best way to get to know the church. If you are new to Calvary in the last six months, this event is for you. You'll have a chance to get to know our pastors, ask any questions you may have, and take a tour of our facilities. Make sure to register by next Sunday, October 15th, to save your spot. we believe that one of the most vital parts of our walk with God is connecting with believers and growing together. And that's why we are launching another Connect Group campaign beginning on October 22nd. Groups will meet for five weeks and will give you a chance to get to know other people here at Calvary and grow together. We have groups that meet on different days of the week in different areas of the city, times of the day, and for people in different stages of life. Take a look at the list of groups on ToledoCalvary.org or drop by the hub and see if any of these groups are right for you. Aren't you tired of all the bad news when you turn on the TV? I mean, what's so cool about today is we are hearing good news. There is good things. There are good things happening around the world, and we get to be a part of that. And uh, I'm excited to uh, introduce to you some of the newest missionaries that we partner with right here in Toledo. Uh, Matt and Wendy Yeager. It's so great to have you guys here today, and they lead a ministry called Acts to Toledo. That's an awesome name, Acts 2 Toledo. And so uh, it's great to have you with us. And uh, one of the ministries of Acts 2 Toledo is a ministry called Keep Watch. Uh, tell us about Keep Watch. How, how did that come to be? Well, in 2003, Matt and I and our five kids moved back here to Toledo. And really, as I was driving through the city, I just felt so mm, compelled by God to begin praying and and as our kids um, entered into a new school, I couldn't just drop them off. I had to go in and pray over every seat and for all the teachers. And so that group began to grow, and we began to see God answer prayer. And then as time went on, I felt like God wanted me to pray at or in every school in the Toledo area. And I'm like, okay, God, if that's what you're saying, and I had no idea how many schools there are. Do you have any idea? Oh, my goodness. I've been to like 120, and there are way more than that. And... <laughs> And so then a few years later, our kids transferred to um, one of the public high schools, and the principal said, yes, you can come and you can pray. And three years ago, we began prayer walking to schools. At the end of that year, we were in six. Then the next year, six to 20. And then this last year, we grew from 18 to 37 with more and more schools continuing to launch. And you talk about, so everyone can hear, you know what? A huge majority of the kids that are in the schools they are not in church. They are not here in church on Sunday mornings, and they need to hear about Jesus. And if you're a teacher, raise your hand. How many teachers do we have out there? Do you need to be encouraged? Yes. Yes, you do. And so we want to be able to bless the teachers and encourage the teachers, and what God is doing in our school system is absolutely phenomenal. 
That's great news, isn't it? Absolutely. Now, so you and Matt go to every school and pray for them? Whew, no, pray we couldn't. Okay. We couldn't because a lot of them take place at the same time. Okay. But I am committed to visiting every school at least once a semester. But you have a team of volunteers, right? Oh, yes. We have about 100 volunteers, and that's growing. And after today, it's going to be even bigger. I know it, right? That's right. That's right. There is a, you are networking a group of volunteers to pray in all of the schools in the Toledo area. Oh, yes, area. but it's way, it's way beyond Toledo because the mission of Keep Watch is to see every, every pastor bill, every school covered in prayer so that the power and presence of God are experienced in our communities. So we're getting calls from people. We've got two moms in Columbus that want us to live stream the training, and there's a school in Minnesota and then several international opportunities. Are, are you passionate about this? Oh, my goodness, yes, I'm passionate. Oh, sorry, and I don't drink coffee. Well, and here's some good news. <laughs> it's the Holy Spirit. My husband's so nice. And I've, de- I've decided drink to pee calf, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but not caffeine. And I've decided to pray more for you, Matt. That's, that's, that's what I, I mean. It's a good thing. It's a good thing, but strength. And, yeah. But just last Try night. Try to go to sleep at night sometimes with that going on. <laughs> But just last night, you told us of a new school district that has just opened up. Yes. Okay. So, you know, we're praying in the schools, but we're praying for the schools. And so in the schools that we're not in yet, we're praying for them. Mm. After about two years of praying for the Sylvania schools, I am so pleased to announce that the Lord has opened the doors. So we have permission to be in all 12 of the Sylvania schools. Cool. Cool. So uh, Acts 2 Toledo, keep watch. What's the big picture of Acts 2 Toledo? Well, the big picture is, as we sang earlier, spirit of the living God, fall on the church. You know, breathe on the church. And we want to provide venues, and, and keep watch, obviously, is one of those venues for the church to engage and become an Acts 2 community. Uh, we've got a new uh, venture that we're going to be launching in 2018 called Urban Rise. You guys took part in, in, in a piece of what that is going to look like with uh, Love the One 419, and you actually were at our church, the Tabernacle. A lot of you guys thought we went to Calvary when you saw us there. But, uh, but we're, part of, we're part of an urban church, and, and we want to help the urban churches really connect and, and make a difference. And one of the beauties of what Acts 2 Toledo is able to do with a couple of initiatives that we have is to, is to have this diverse population working together from ages, from racial backgrounds, from social different, different social backgrounds. It's really cool with the prayer walks, with what we've got coming with the Urban Rise. And then we also have a side thing we've done. Uh, working with the athletes and coaches at the University of Toledo, for, and we're in our 15th year there, and how cool it is to, to see who these future leaders getting trained. If you could go in the locker room with me at the UT football locker room on Thursdays and see the Bible studying, these guys intent on trying to figure out how they can grow and be more like God, that's, that's one, of the, one of the fun things we get to do, too. Great, great news. Awesome. What, what, what has God been doing as a result of Acts 2 Toledo? Okay, so another one of the things, (laughs) there have been two teachers in suburban districts who were ready for early retirement because they couldn't take it anymore. Um, The staff team at one of the schools was so divided, and the teacher told me that there was just such a spirit of oppression there. Well, guess what? God showed up. They began to pray, and both of those teachers are continuing on. They're moving forward. There's a Toledo Public School that had been covered in prayer for two years. And then a teacher decided last August that she had seen God moving so much that she felt it was time to offer a Bible study. So she did. And she was thrilled that four teachers were part of it. And then six. And then eight. And then 10. And then 15. And two of those teachers received Christ. Okay. God is on the move. And it wasn't just that, but those teachers are starting to pray. And the whole atmosphere has changed. And you can follow us. One of the other cool things that's happened, too, is we actually uh, put out an app this summer. So if you go to your app store and uh, look up Acts 2 Toledo, you can download that. You can get see videos that we have, keep up to date with, with things things are going. You can get the weekly prayer strategy that Wendy writes and a whole variety of other things as far as volunteer information. Okay, so we really encourage you to do that. Sorry, sorry. Oh, okay, and even, okay, we would love to have you pray once a week, but even if you can't, we do this thing in the summer called Summer Blitz, where we're praying at the schools that we're not in already. And this last summer, we took five days, 44 volunteers, and we covered 62 schools, and now 20% of those schools are already open to prayer. So prayer makes a difference. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
You got it, Pastor Bill. Okay, so I knew that you would be excited to hear this news right here in our community, what God is doing. And so as Pastor Chad has said, there are tables set up. What a way that you can influence and love the 419 is by partnering with, with this ministry. Uh, Leah, our serve director, has opportunities for you to pray uh, at Marshall School. You can see her about that. As well, we have a support group on Monday night or Tuesday nights for moms. Moms coming together. It's called uh, Moms in Prayer. Uh, prayer makes a difference. You can join these moms at 7 o'clock and be a part of praying. Prayer makes a difference. Amen? Amen. Amen. Thanks so much, uh, Matt and uh, Wendy. It's great to partner with you. Would you recognize them today? So Friday night, you need to be here for what we call Around the World Progressive Dinner. Uh-huh. Dinner around the world. A course every, progressive means in every place you get a new course, you know. So uh, we eat well, but what's cool about a Friday night is that you'll be able to have more time with our missionaries and hear their stories and ask questions. To know that you are coming, we ask that you purchase a ticket uh, for $5 uh, at our global project table. You'll see it with the flags in the atrium, uh, but uh, pick up a ticket and let's, let's have a good time a Friday night. It is great to have this family, this uh, couple with us, uh, Dwayne and Tracy Coral, and um, I'm going to let them share what their role is, but I want you to know these are Assemblies of God world missionaries doing a very unique thing. Uh, what's your call, uh, Dwayne and, and Tracy? We have the honor and privilege in serving if we could classify them as one of the largest unreached people groups in the world, and that is people with disabilities. Here's some of the statistics. In the United States alone, there are 60 million Americans with a disability, and in the community around here, there's about 10 to 12 percent with a disability, and 90 percent of them do not attend church. And so partnering with the church to help create disability awareness and to create ministry programs within the church um, is really critical for, for making sure that everybody has a place at the table. And we know that God has created every single person with a plan and a purpose. There is no mistake. He has gifted everyone with a, with a talent, and he has a reason for them in their life. And so we really, our message is that every person should have the opportunity to know Christ to grow in him and to serve him with the gifts that he has given. And so partnering with the churches and, and, and sharing this vision with all of you is how we're two people. We can't be everywhere on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, on any time that you choose to do outreach or ministry. And so when we go to the church and we share the vision, we know that there are many of you sitting out there with a passion or who have worked in this field that can reach out to these people and say that God loves you, he created you, and you are not a mistake, and he has something for you in your life. And so um, we do that through trainings, through um, uh, just sharing the passion and the vision. We have a camp that we do every summer, and um, that gives, it's, it's the same youth experience, kids camp experience that, um, that they would get, but it's catered to their needs. And one of the stories I was sharing actually a little bit earlier, um, the first year that we did our camp, we had a lady, her name was Sandy, and um, Sandy had a physical disability only, and um, when she spoke, her voice was strained. And um, Sandy knows Hebrew. She's got probably more biblical knowledge than I could ever dream of. And she um, was not given an opportunity to teach in her Sunday school class that she had spoke to her pastor about because of her voice. And um, we had a talent show where you could choose to do anything that you wanted to do. And Sandy wanted to share a five-minute sermon. And that particular day, we had a family visit, 
and um, their son was coming to do the intermission for our talent show. He plays the guitar. He's absolutely incredible. And um, he has autism, and he actually plays and travels with a band of everyone in that group has autism, and they play like a jazz band. They play off of each other. It's incredible. But he came that day, and um, when we walked out after the, t the talent show, the dad said about Sandy's sermon, he said, now that is a word I could chew on all week. And we had invited that family to stay, and what we came to find out was that that dad used to be a pastor. His son was not welcomed. As he grew older into the church, he didn't have a place. That family left. He was a pastor. He was, they no longer even went to church. They didn't, that, that part of their life has gone. And um, through that evening, just talking back and forth, um, Dwayne said, hey, do you mind if I recommend a church to you? I think it's probably pretty close to you. And uh, he did. It happened to be a church that was five minutes from their house. Dwayne contacted the pastor, and he said, hey, there's a family coming. Look out for them. This is their names. Um, by the second week that they had attended church there, their son was on stage playing with the praise band. Um, and that family is now restored, and they're back in church. But that's not the end. The coolest part is that although that family needed God, and they were pulled back into church where they were accepted. God used their life and their story because that pastor and his wife just found out that their son was diagnosed with autism. So the, the, the ministry looks like it's a directive just to the person with a disability, but it's so much more. It reaches the families, and it, it speaks volumes because right now the world is very, very accepting to people with disabilities. There's activities, there are organizations all over the place, but we as the church need to become whole and we need to welcome them in because every person has a purpose and we can't fit all the pieces together till we're all there. You know, after the last service, a, uh, a woman came up to me with an application in her hand from your table about the camp and she said, I was here today, God brought me here today for this divine appointment, for me to meet uh, these missionaries. Isn't that cool? And so it is just so awesome to be able to partner uh, with you all and to be a part of, of the launch of this whole new ministry. Uh, um, uh, tell us a little bit about um, <clears throat> what you do for churches. Well, we like to come into the church, and we do trainings with the church staff, um, create a disability awareness throughout the church is really critical to starting a disability ministry program. Um, there's different things, a disability-friendly church certification that is a tool that churches can use to let the public know that their church is disability-friendly. And that right there alone is, tells, your, tells the community that this church is accepting. And, you know, the, the trainings range from um, starting off at the beginning. Under, we know that it, we can better serve other people when we know what they, what they are dealing with, what they are walking through. And so we put you in their shoes. Um, how, how does a person with autism, a sensory processing disorder, how, do, how are they feeling? And we, we create a scenario where you feel like that. And we've done that at, at a church, and a, a lady was in the audience, and afterwards she said, because I, I saw her crying, and she was just watching the person go through the experience, and she said, that's my nephew. I watched my nephew go through that every day, and until now I hadn't realized what he was experiencing, what he was feeling. And then, of course, you know, our words can speak volumes, but they can also hurt. So knowing the correct language, how to speak to or speak about a person with a disability means a lot. So that's another training. Um, also knowing um, how to create the program in your church. That's, that's another one. There's, there's just there's so many. And, and the timing is just so cool because a couple things are happening here at Calvary. First of all, um, Pastor Lindsay with the building renovations is creating a special needs classroom. Uh, for, for kids. And so that is awesome. And then God is raising up people like yourself uh, who want to help serve in a special needs ministry. So we are meeting as we speak to launch something like that uh, ministry here at Calvary. So uh, the, the timing to have uh, Dwayne and, and Tracy with us is awesome. And it's a privilege to partner with you 
And uh, um, would you recognize them today and say thank you for what you're doing in God's kingdom? It is an honor to have Jan and Iris Hurst with us here, and uh, so thankful that you are uh, a part of this week. We've been privileged to partner together for a long time, and but I think it's been a while um, since you've had the opportunity to be with us here, and so we're honored to have you here. Tell us a little bit. I was, I'm, I think my spiritual gift is nosiness, and uh, would love to hear, and I use it well. Thank you for affirming that in my life, and... Um, <laughs> And and uh, love to hear people's stories. Tell us a little bit your story um, and how God has been at work in your life. Yeah, um, I was born in Africa, uh, Tanzania, East Africa. Um, you saw my name. It's a little weird. Uh, J-H-A-N pronounced. Most of the time people say Jan, Juan, Johan, you know. It's just Jan. The girl's name, you know, like a boy named Sue, those of you old enough to know the song. <laughs> But uh, it's been my, I, I don't know what possessed my parents to name me that. But anyway, it's, it's okay. And uh, we came back when I was a baby. My dad almost died from a bleeding ulcer. So I grew up in Springfield, Missouri, uh, where dad was in world missions leadership. And uh, so I grew up there in a missions family, but, but in Springfield, an all-American boy, so to speak. And when I graduated from Evangel University, where Bill went as well, and uh, we overlapped a bit there, and uh, I was still single and uh, hadn't found the right one. I knew I was called to be a missionary. And so, you know, not a lot of gals are jumping up and down to go overseas and, and learn a language and live there. But, uh, but I went to Samoa to work with my brother. Samoa is how you would know it. How many have heard of Samoa? Uh, you've seen some football players and wrestlers. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a small country, but they grow them big. But, uh, and so I went to work with my brother. And I told the Lord, these next two years, they're just yours. I'm not going to worry. Obviously, I'm not going to find my wife in the islands, you know, this little country or whatever. And so, but after the two years, we'll get back to the States, you know, we'll get back to the hunt for the wife and, uh, you know, but I'm giving you these two years, but then you better deliver, Lord, you know. So anyway, the first, the first Sunday uh, we arrive, I go to church and I'm excited to be in the islands and watch how they worship and praise. And I, I'm looking across the congregation and um, there she was. And then I really started to worship. I was praising God. And I was like, you know. And so uh, I'll kind of let her take it from there a little bit. Well, I was going to college in Texas on a government scholarship. But every summer, the Samoan government would send me home to work. Um, Samoa is one of the most Christian nations in the world. I grew up going to church every Sunday. And at 6 a.m. every morning, my dad would wake all of us six kids up would file into their bedroom, and he would lead us in family devotions. But you know what? The rest of the week, we did whatever we wanted to do. I was partying, nightclubbing, along with the rest of my church friends. But I always knew there was something huge that was missing in my life. And a year before Jan came to Samoa, I realized that that was a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and having a personal relationship with him. So I surrendered my life to the Lord, met Jan, the following year and started dating a year later and the rest is history. Neither of us ever dreamt we would marry anybody from our, who wasn't from our home country and promised me I never in my wildest dreams ever thought I'd become a missionary. <laughs> yeah, real quickly, she was actually seriously dating a guy in Texas and I really prayed her through on that, helped her disciple her <laughs> and, uh, you know, I... Showed her how she was missing God's will big time. So, yeah. And the selflessness of yes. your commitment there, I, I think, uh, is so noble. And, uh, and the journey that God has had you on ever since. Like, you never dreamed you'd be a missionary. And yet, to see the way that God has opened up such neat opportunities. Talk to us about that, that, that journey. Yeah, for, for a lot of years, we were um, training pastors and leaders and church planters. And we have been in Indonesia on uh, our last place, uh, we had learned the, the language. Indonesia is the largest Muslim country in the world. And the Lord had just blessed our term. We had learned the language really well. All my preaching and theological teaching was in the language. So we had become completely fluent. She taught in the Bible school as well. And at the end of that term, we got a letter saying, you, 
cannot return to Indonesia. And it was so hard to understand. But how many know God saw it coming from eternity past and a door closes. He has another one waiting, opening. And long story short, we were back in the States. I just put our boys down to bed, uh, nitro and glycerin as we called them, also known as Alec and Andrew. But uh, anyway, and I was laying, we were going to go to Fiji. I was going to be working in the Bible school there and helping lead it. And I knew there was something else God wanted us to do, and it was just the word radio. I'd never done radio. I wasn't interested in radio. I, was, I didn't believe in media ministry. Honestly, I didn't. But how many know God knows what he's doing, and he knows we can do things we don't know we can. And so you just take a step of obedience, and you can't believe what God will do. He will take you to people and places that you couldn't dream. And that's why you're in this, this, you know, this facility, just a step of obedience. And then it leads to more and the life you end up living. And so long story short, we do a daily media ministry. We started in radio. We are on leading secular stations where the lost listen. Praise God for Christian radio. But God said, go where the lost listen. And so we are on in prime time every day up to 10 times a day. We present Christ in every message. So, you know, in between, uh, you know, Bruno Mars and Taylor Swift, they're getting Jesus, you know, because that's where they're at. And so, and we pay no airtime anywhere in all of these countries. We are now on every continent on leading secular stations, presenting Christ. And um, it's just unbelievable. We are reaching more people each day than we thought we would in our lifetime. And God has opened doors. The China government came to us. The China government came to us and said, we want to publish books of your messages. They are perfect for our university students. And so long story short, we published three books there. I went on a book tour in China. Um, I was teaching in big lecture halls like this, even larger, teaching from the Sermon on the Mount in China, on television, teaching from the Sermon on the Mount. Friends, God is opening doors that have never been opened before because he knows how short the time is. Even if, even if Jesus isn't coming back soon, guess what? People are here a short time, and they're gone. The urgency is still there. We still have a short time to reach this generation. And so he's using it in multiplied ways. We work with national church leaders. Uh, the, the general superintendent and pastor of Sri Lanka has been doing Think a Minute now for almost 10 years. He reaches every day about 2 million people, non-believers, on five radio stations, 100,000 more through the national cell phone network there so god is giving us vehicles and opportunities and then to connect them to the local church but the church has to connect to the multitudes first and then to connect them back so it's just an amazing hour and all you do is just obey and walk through the doors how fitting the way that this connects to the theme that we believe god's given us for this week so all can hear literally the way that that god has surprisingly opened up opportunities for you to help millions of people hear what he's doing. Jan, would you take a couple of moments and uh, encourage Calvary today and uh, sure would value that. Once again, would you show your support and appreciation to the Hearst family? One, one quick story that there are just so many we could tell, but uh, that I couldn't tell, and I'll share briefly now. The first country we started airing in more than 15 years ago was a country, the station was the largest station. More than three-quarters of the country listened to this one station. And we were on the air every morning, afternoon, and evening in prime time. It was called Magic FM. And within a couple of weeks, it became the, the number one program in the country. And there was a young man listening every day because he worked at the station. His name was Tavita which is David in their language. And David was a very well-known entertainer in their country. He was a charismatic personality, very gifted, and, and he was on TV a lot. Uh, he hosted talent shows as well as on the radio. And he was also probably the most famous high-profile homosexual in that country. And after five months of listening to our program every day, because we talk about everything under the sun, but real life to non-believers, whether it's character, you know, career, marriage, family, moral issues, whatever. After five months, through those messages, Jesus, by the Spirit, completely set him free. He was completely saved, delivered. He then married. He has three children. This is more than 15 years ago, folks. And you talk about transformation that lasts. And now he is reaching all kinds of people. His testimony became known throughout the nation. But friends, 
we would be reaching people like him and millions of others. We would not be unless you, people like you. This is an army in the States that is sending an army of missionaries overseas. You have no idea the impact you are having on this world, on eternal lives. And we thank you from the bottom of our heart. Friends, this is Assemblies of God Missions. This is what we started as, is a missions movement. We started with 300 outcasts kicked out from other denominations that said, we're going to reach the world. And now, over a little over 100 years later, we have nearly 70 million Assemblies of God brothers and sisters around the world. And they came because missionaries were sent by people like you. Friends, God is moving in this hour. Uh, just one country very briefly. Where I was born was Tanzania, as I mentioned. And my mom and dad pretty much started the Assemblies of God in that country. In 1952, they arrived. I was born right at the tail end of that. And um, today now, that church in, in the Assemblies of God in Tanzania, in just the last six years, in six years, they have planted about 4,000 churches in six years, just in one country. And just two days ago, the general superintendent of Tanzania came to Springfield, and every time he's there to our headquarters, he comes to my mother's house, who's now 95. Dad went on to be with the Lord years ago from the mission field. And he thanked her, Bibi, which means grandmother. And he thanks her for starting that foundation and training leaders. Friends, mom and dad were sent by people like you in this country. You have no idea the eternal reward that is waiting for you and the next step of obedience that he has for you where he will take you. The number of people he plans to use each of you to reach, you would not believe, but all you have to do is go a step at a time. Friends, we live in an hour in China alone. Every day between thirty to 40,000 people come to Jesus every day in China. In a recent 10-year period, more people came to Jesus in 10 years than in all of history combined. Now, if that doesn't thrill you, your thriller's busted, I'm telling you. That is the hour we are living in, and it's because we all are working together, going, giving, praying, sending, and we thank you from the bottom of our heart. I believe this week God has some exciting new doors for you just simple steps of obedience. And if I could, I'd like to just pray for just a moment before Pastor Chad comes. If we could just bow our heads. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for this church, for the army in this country that has sent an army of missionaries around the world. And I pray that you would give them a glimpse this morning, just a taste of the reward that is waiting for them, of the people, literally the millions that will come to them in eternity and thank them for sending, for going, for giving, for praying. Help them to know they are part of the greatest harvest in the history of the church and of this world, Lord. Bless them. I pray that you would speak to hearts this morning and throughout this week. Help them to see even greater doors that you have for them and just to walk in obedience and you will use them in ways they never dreamed to reach more people than they ever imagined. In Jesus' precious and powerful name, we thank you for what's going to be done for eternity as a result of this week. In Jesus' name. Pastor Chad, please come. Okay, two more minutes. Set your clocks. Did anyone know we've been working our way through the book of Acts? Had you heard that? You knew that? Acts chapter 13. We're not there yet. Don't get your hopes up. But here's verse 2 <laughs> about the church in Antioch. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, watch that, the Holy Spirit said. You know the Holy Spirit speaks to us, right? There's times when he moves in our life and challenges us. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. There's oftentimes when the Holy Spirit will speak to us, and he says, look, I want you to set someone or something apart. Barnabas and Saul were two of the, the very best that they had in that church. There's times when the Holy Spirit says, I want you to set apart something, some of your very best, to be able to do what's most important to me. What he called them to do was to go out and make sure that other people so all could hear. Look, I, I really do believe that as we've had um, literally 
Jen used the word an army of incredible guests here to challenge you today. That for some of you, the Holy Spirit clearly, he's, he's calling you. Maybe a call you didn't expect and saying, I want you to set something apart for me. I don't know if it's time that you set apart that you can pray for some of these individuals. The folks that we've heard from today cannot do what they do effectively unless other people are praying with them. If you don't believe in the power of prayer after listening to Wendy Yeager today, you're, you're something's busted. I don't remember what it is, but it's busted, right? For some of you, it's giving. Look, ministry requires money. It, it's, not a, it's not a begging. It's a fact, right? And when God stirs in your heart and says, hey, will you give, then you empower people to be able to do what God's called them to do. And some of you, God's calling you to go out of your comfort zone. I love the phrase you used a minute ago, Jan, when you said next steps. For some of you, what I'm asking you is, is the Spirit speaking to your heart? What's your next step? Is it pray? Is it give? Is it go? Maybe it's not to go to the ends of the earth. Maybe it's just to go across the street. Maybe it's just to go in conversation one step further than you're comfortable with. But God's saying, look, I'm calling you to do missions. I'm calling you to help others here. And so would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? And would you just let your spirit take a deep breath for a minute? And would you say, Holy Spirit, how are you speaking to my heart? What's my next step? Maybe it's a call I didn't expect. God, you're stirring something inside of me that in in some way you want to use me. Be confident of that. You heard this today. No matter who you are, no matter what your gifts are, God wants to use you so that all can hear. Father, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you speak to each one of us. Lord, may what we've heard today, may the things that we experience through our Mission Summit this week only begin to light the fire that burns inside of us to be effective and used for you so that all can hear who you are and the change that you bring, the hope that you give, and the salvation that's available through Jesus Christ. Now, Lord, as we go from here, we ask that you'd go with us. Father, we pray that you'd send us out with your special favor with your wonderful peace. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.